Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bird Game Podcast. Alex Turner here. Don't forget, you can find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify Podcasts. All you got to do is go in the search bar, type in Bird Game. Here we cover everything Eagles, and we truly bleed green. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get on to the episode. Oh, it's the Bird Gang Podcast. Oh, yeah. As of NC, I know y'all missed us, man, because we missed y'all, but that's all good. It's, we back in the building. 2021. The season is still going, but it's the off season for the Philadelphia Eagles. And I don't like saying that, but damn it, I'm going to keep it real, keep it funky with y'all, man. But y'all know where I'm at. When y'all see me, y'all see them, y'all, y'all see them, 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 them apes behind me, dog, and y'all know who it is, man. Got my boy SB in the building. What's good, boy? Oh, you know the vibes. You know the vibes. It's a, it's kind of like a victory Monday over here. Woo! Victory Monday. Hey, I love it, man. I love it. Hey, look, look, look. Speaking of victory, we gotta give a shout out to little bro, Alex A Money Turner. Before you get on, Alex, man, we gotta say congratulations to you because I took a look over the schedule. You predicted the the the, the most games that would be. Win or losses for the Philadelphia Eagles. You actually won that, man. You beat, yes, you beat yeah. me and SB, man. You know what I mean? So shout out to Alex, man. I like to thank I like to thank the big man upstairs. And, my baby. <laughs> and, and shout out to my baby mama too. Like, yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. And shout out to Chelsea, man, for coming up with the design and all the cards and stuff like that, man. That, that is awesome. So whenever she hears this, thank you, little sis. We definitely appreciate you and love you, man. So thank you. All right, y'all. Hey, Money, how you feeling, brother? Hey, man. Another day in uh, in Philadelphia land, as SB said earlier. It's it's uh, it's time to get into the to the meat and potatoes of this offseason because we got a lot to talk about. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, we do. Um, let's go ahead and take get into it, man. Everyone, Philadelphia Eagles fans, Eagles Nation, Bird Nation, glad to have you here. Let's take a look at some of the topics we're going to be discussing today. We got a jam-packed show for you guys. We're going to discuss our thoughts on the firing of Doug Peterson. Um, and with that, we're going to look at whose fault was it, okay? Was it Jeffrey Lurie's fault, Howie's fault, or Doug's fault? We're going to look at the prospects, the new head coaches that are on the cusp. Who do we want to replace Dougie P, okay? Then we're going to talk about the big question, which everyone wants to know. What does this mean for Carson Wentz? We got to discuss that because he's a big piece in all of this. 
So we got to definitely talk about that. And then at the end of that, we're going to give our overall thoughts on the season and something that kind of went untalked. We, we, we didn't really get into it, but we need to talk about it because a lot of us are happy. Swartz retired, a.k.a. got fired, too. OK, and yeah. I said, a.k.a. got fired. Yes, I don't care about what none of the talk shows say. He got fired. But we're all going to discuss that. We're going to go ahead and kick the show off for you guys. Alex, let me ask you, man. What, give me your thought on the firing of Doug Peterson. Uh, it's it's it was it was coming. The, the, as they say, the writing was on the wall, you know. And um, we've long talked about. We've had a long conversation on this podcast about getting rid of Doug and his bad play calling and his lack of accountability and kind of the overall downfall of his, his uh, coaching in the past since, I don't know what, 2017 when we won the Super Bowl. Um, each year he's kind of digressed a little bit. And some people have said it's because of Frank Wright and, you know, he was really the mastermind behind it. Although, if you if you think about it, Frank Wright just lost his game, his play. He actually has the same record now as uh, Doug Peterson in the postseason. So that's something something to be thought of. You know, uh, Frank Wright was a big piece, but you know, ultimately, I I think the firing of of Doug it just shows that the Eagles still don't have everything together they're not they're not the franchise everybody thinks they are they're not as far as along as we think they are um and the thing about doug is i remember the the real high points it's something that sticks to me in my mind and no matter what we'll, we'll go into it more who's accountability why doug actually got fired you know the um the true villain you know you see those memes where it says like the the uh the character villain, but the actual villain. <laughs> I got, a, I got a meme. I got a meme stash exactly for that. Uh, what was going on now? But you know, say what you want. But I remember when he said that moment. He said, "This is the new norm." You know that quote that he came mm-hmm. right after we won the Super Bowl. I think, I think ultimately Doug put himself. He set the bar so high for himself because of his words and his actions, and to a fault his stubbornness. And the ego that it was so hard to replicate that again that this was just going to eventually happen anyways so he almost set himself up for failure so doug thank you for 2017 you know that that memory lives in my head rent free and it will always live in my head and in my heart rent free thank you for that 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 moment that i got to share with you guys and all of my family friends and all the eagles nation so thank you for that but it's a sad day, but it, it, it's it's the right move. It was the right move. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great points, man. Great points. And like I said, <clears throat> to all the listeners out there, we're definitely going to touch on who could possibly be at fault. We're going to definitely touch on that for the next topic. Um, SB, go ahead and jump in there, man. Let me get your thoughts on it. Yeah. I feel like it was it was a necessary move. It's sometimes relationships run their course. And it doesn't mean that Doug Peterson is – not a good coach or or anything. It just means that when it came to the fit 
for Philadelphia and what he wanted to do and think maybe what Jeffrey Lurie wants just wasn't matching up anymore. And it was some, when that happened, sometimes it's best to make, go ahead and make a change. And that's what we decided to do here. Um, I think it was, it was the right, it came at the right time. I think last year would have been too early because we did, we actually did the right thing to see if we could um, replicate some of that magic from the end of last year. And it just didn't work out. And once, the snowball started rolling down the hill and turned into an avalanche. We knew what we had to do. This was, it was the right move um, because a lot of things happened over this season that that caused that avalanche to come. He lost a lot of the locker room. He lost, he lost the trust of his franchise quarterback. He might have lost the trust of his second round draft pick quarterback too. We don't know, but I know Jalen was not, happy about coming out of that Washington game and the locker room wasn't happy about that either. He, um, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to get into too much of it cause that's going to go into the fault topic, but it, when it came down to it, it just wasn't a good fit anymore. And for the betterment of the franchise, it was, it was time to make a change in the um, head coaching department. Yeah. Definitely agree with that. Um, both of you guys make great points. I want to jump in there and, and address uh, a few things that both of you guys said. With Alex, um, I think we need to, and I told someone this today in a in another group, a sports group, we got to stop with the Frank Wright comparison and saying because he lost in the playoffs this year. You know, we got to look, look, look. Frank Wright was in the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. So Doug Peterson shouldn't even be mentioned in his name. Frank Wright was in the playoffs with a 40-year-old quarterback. Doug Peterson missed the playoffs in the worst division in the NFL. And he wasn't even in second place. He didn't even make third place. He finished last in the what worst. I saying, what I was saying, what I'm saying, listen, mm-hmm. I think that, I think honestly, and and again, to what you're saying and what I said about Frank Wright is that they did work very well together. Mm-hmm. What they had together was something special, and them apart, Frank Wright is obviously from what we see did a little better than Doug was doing because Doug had more issues than we thought. But I, I think Frank Wright also benefited from Doug being a yes man. It was just like at that point, Frank Wright could just sit back and call plays and just flex all over defenses and just masterfully make Carson Wentz look like the uh, MVP caliber QB. Why Doug took heat for every little thing in 2017. Doug was the, you know, why y'all not doing this? Or Carson's hurt. What's the next move? Doug had answered all the questions. So what I'm saying is that I think together they were fantastic, you know, but, but, but you're right. I, I think that, yeah. Frank still is in a better position as of right now, had a 40-year-old quarterback. But it's just one of those things where I think we can all agree that it worked very well together. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think you were, I think the point you were making, you were, and I think I saw that on post that you um, were, was commenting on too. You were going at those people who were saying that Frank Reich is no good and no better than Doug and things like that because of X, Y, Z, or they point to a record or, well, he lost to Buffalo because, 
Buffalo is the hottest, might might be the hottest team in the NFL yeah, right now. They're 13 and, and three. And he, They're 13 and three probably, in the second season. They pretty much outplayed them yeah, too. He, they just Yeah, and 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 he yeah. would have beat them if say Carson Wentz was starting for that for them, for the, the Colts. Because you could tell toward the end of the game that um that his age was getting to him. Um Phillip Rivers. You could just tell he didn't have like Josh uh Josh Allen had that it factor. And you could tell Philip Rivers just doesn't yeah. have it anymore. So at that point, it was purely scheming, play calling, which, by the way, he called a great game. It just looked like at the end, Philip Rivers couldn't get it done. Like, you know, Josh Allen, if it's no one's open, he's going to get it done with his legs. Yeah. They didn't have that with Philip Rivers. So, you know, um, but I, I agree, man. But yeah. back back to what you were saying. No, you good. No, you good. You good. My thing is, um, I, and I just want to go back to what SB said. I think. The timing is right. Um, I think, and I've been saying this uh, for the past year, um, ever since week one on the podcast, you could check it out. Any one of them, any, all you got to do is click on any of the podcasts and hit play. You're going to hear me on there saying, Doug has been exposed. Doug has been exposed. Doug has been exposed because it just, I mean, it's just what you saw. You know what I mean? And like I said, you know, I had a couple of buddies hit me up um, and shout out to Willie Max Sports really quickly. Uh, one of my best friends just had a birthday um, on January 7th. Willie Max Sports on Anchor FM. Check him out. Big time Minnesota Vikings fan. He talks. He covers all NFL. Um, definitely give him a listen. I know he's going to be listening to this, man. So I love you, man. Happy belated birthday. But any event, like I was saying, Doug Peterson, man. We had in this division, you cannot be the only head coach returning to this division and finish in last place. You can't happen, man. It just, it can't happen, man. So, hey, Jeffrey Lurie, thank you, my man. Early 2021 Christmas gift already. Thank you. I appreciate that. We're going to go ahead and jump on to topic number two. SB, you know you're the big dog for this one, man. Let's talk about who's at fault here. I know Alex kind of bled into it a little bit, but we're going to go ahead and talk about it, man. Do you blame Lurie, Howie, or Doug? You know what? I find fault with all three. Now, I'm not going to necessarily do a blame pie here, but I'm going to just point out where the fault lies with each one of them. Now, we've Jeffrey Lurie, the fault with him would lie with um, maybe it could be some of that um, misplaced loyalty. It seems like he has a lot of affection for Howie Roseman. We know that much. And it's almost like Howie can pretty much get away with anything. That's what the perception is out there right now. So when it, so the, the reason why I would lay some fault with him is Basically, letting Howie go this long unchecked without um, stepping in and doing anything. Will he can? Will he do something later on? Time will tell. I mean, last week we didn't think that Doug was going to get fired after those initial Black Monday firings, and not, we didn't hear anything by Tuesday or Wednesday. We did, we thought Doug was safe, but now we see he's not. So, I'm not so sure he's done with his evaluation process, and Howie Roseman may get fired or have some of his responsibilities stripped 
stay tuned for that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hoping mm-hmm. something like that. And I'll give them a little bit of fault there, but like I and like I said um, on a couple of different shows in the past, Jeffrey Lurie steps in when it's time to take action. He usually steps in and does something. And this today he he definitely stepped in and did something. Absolutely. Now when it comes to Howie, there's a laundry list of things we can point to. We can point to his draft record. We can point to the salary being saddled with a lot of salary cap baggage right now. But he he is very good at getting out of that. So I definitely would keep him around for that. But his draft record, yeah, he definitely deserves a lot of um, heat for that. He being the general manager, um, they set up this dynamic where Jim Swartz was hired before Doug Peterson was. So it was kind of like he was like kind of like unchecked or whatever. He could pretty much do what he wanted to do. And sometimes I, I sensed, I could have been wrong, but I sensed a little bit of animosity with defense and offense this year. Maybe rightfully so because the offense did not carry their weight. And in some weeks, the defense definitely did. But that, that can lead to locker room locker room problems, which I think we definitely saw that when it came to the quarterback position. And then the way that um, Jim Schwartz left, he um, there was rumblings about him not being happy with the direction that they decided to take in the future, and he wasn't happy about it. So it was almost like get on board or or – peace out and he decided to peace out and they wrote it up like it was a retirement or whatever whether how much of that is true or not we don't we won't know unless we get some inside information but that's stuff that a general manager is supposed to be the one managing the team you're not supposed to have better control of that so Howie Roseman deserves a lot of blame but he can fix it if he gets some of his um some of that power stripped away now Doug yeah, we all know his faults. We talked about it every week. Play calling, communication with the team, keeping the um, locker room dynamics better, not tell, telling Carson Wentz when he's going to come out the game and all of a sudden he's benched for the rest of the season. He doesn't know what's going on. Then people saying, well, Carson just pouting. Doug knew what he was doing. Then, But then we see the same problems in week 17 with Jalen Hurts not knowing when he's going to come in and out the game to put in Nate Sudfield and basically saying he comes to the, to the press conference saying, yeah, we, this was the play on the line. Everybody knew. And that wasn't the case. So he, he lost the locker room. He didn't have communication. It was basically time for him to go. Those are fireable offenses in it, in and of itself. Then when you add on top of it, the bad play calling, the failure to adjust during the games and basically going for 11 and one in one of the weakest divisions ever. I mean, this is what you get. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Definitely agree with that. Uh, Alex, talk to me. Who do you think at fault here? Uh, honestly, Les, I, personally, I think it's Howie Roseman. Um, we've had talks about him and, and what, he's, what he has done and what he hasn't done. Um, you guys know my affection for the – the trades and the uh, the, the uh, salary cap and how he's able to manage that. And but uh, let's talk. You know, let's talk facts, man. You know, let's talk facts. There's still fifty one dollars. Uh, fifty one dollars. Fifty one million. 
51.6 million over the cap. Okay. They've only drafted one pro bowler since 2014 who was benched this year. So your only your your last pro bowl you drafted was benched this year. Okay. Um so it's it's a lot of other things compiled onto the fact that it's not it's not just Doug. You you look at Howie Roseman, he's um he's the only GM in the NFL right now that has been through three head coaches hirings and has not been fired yet. You know, and it's just it's crazy. And I was reading one article on uh, I can't remember where I was reading on, but it was going over some of the head coaches in in uh in the past that have won Super Bowls, how long after did they did they get fired? They talked about Mike Shanahan. Um I think he he went ten yeah. years before they finally mm-hmm. uh, fired him, you know. Um Mike McCarthy, well he went eight. And then he finally let him go in Green Bay. So, you know, and, and there's a lot of John Gruden is a head coach that none of them went the span that Doug went and got fired. So when you look at that in a vacuum and you look at what how the talent that's on this team, our team has been lackluster, to say the least. It's been like that for a little while now. Yeah. You 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 look at all that and it's just it's just I think it's Howie Roseman too, man. I think because think about it, for him to get fired within three years, something else is going on. Okay, we don't work for the Eagles. I don't work in the head office, but it almost seems like somebody told Lori to fire him. You know, I mean, I don't know if it was Howie Roseman, and that's where that meme was coming up. Everybody thinks the villain is Doug, but the actual villain is Howie Roseman because he just finessed another head coach. Chip Kelly got out of this building, and Andy Reid. Finessed all three of them out of their jobs, but nobody's pointing their finger at Howie Roseman. I, 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 I'm a little stunned by it because I told y'all on a, a previous show I expected them to, to do a full sweep, and I saw it coming because I was like, okay, Jim Schwartz allegedly is retiring, right? I think he knew he was about to get fired. Let's just be honest, and took the high road, took his own path, took himself out. Then Doug gets fired after not being able to provide enough. I think Jeff, honestly, Jeffrey Lurie wasn't hearing it. I don't think it doesn't matter what he said. He wasn't hearing it. Okay. Carson got benched. That was ultimately Doug's fault. Okay. So there's that there too. And then it's just like Howie Roseman, man. What can you, if you're Jeffrey Lurie and Les, you can answer this for me. You're Jeffrey Lurie and you're sitting there. Okay. I'm going to fire Jim Schwartz, our defensive coordinator. I'm going to fire our head coach. We don't have an offensive coordinator. Why? Because Doug said he could do it with that one. So Doug's gone. He even said he felt like this was the best for both parties to part ways. That's what he said in his little statement he made. What can you, if you can't envision Doug Peterson's offense and team for next year, what what can you say with with what can Jeff Jeffrey Lurie say to actually stand by Howie Roseman. What's coming out of his mouth to be like, you know what, Howie Roseman should be here next year because of blankety blank blank that didn't have to do with like five, six, or not that long, maybe three to four years ago, two, three years ago, the 2017, 
2017 was his peak, if you ask me, because his, his free agencies hit, his draft picks hit. Yeah, that was like his his peak. But since then, it's been down. So it's like, what is Lurie thinking in his head? Maybe you can help me with this. Les. What's he thinking to say? How See, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go. <clears throat> I'm going to go ahead and, and step outside of the shadows, man. I'm not on the the fault of it's all Howie Roseman. Um, I think that's too surface. Um, I think if you're saying him, you're just looking for people to point the finger at. If you look at the situation where I think you and I disagree is, I don't think the Eagles lack talent at all. Because if you go ahead and reset the roster and look at who you have coming back, you have – the best right side of football. You have an all pro in Lane Johnson. You have an all pro, um, top one or two right guard in Brandon Brooks coming back. You have a first round talent in pick and Andre Diller coming back. And you still have on, uh, 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 my, my Jordan Mylotta, who was a good find in the 2018 draft, who Howie drafted. So you have a good makings of an offensive line. Then you have Def there who got plenty of experience this season. You have Nate Herbig. You also have Jake Driscoll, who got experience. So uh, I'm not going to say that, that that's just the offensive line. You have a stud tight end in Dallas Goddard. You have a stud running back in Miles Sanders. So, again, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say that we don't have talent. The Eagles actually have a lot of talent if you look at their roster. The problem that the Eagles have is, and this is where Doug comes into the equation, and Swartz. Swartz and Doug like to play favorites. Okay? That's the issue here. I'm gonna I'm gonna give this example. I and 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 the reason why I gave a shout out to my dude uh William over at um Willie Mac Sports is because he and I were talking again. We were talking about the Travis Fogum dynamic when Alshon Jeffrey came back. And again, let's take a look at this. For five weeks, okay. Yeah, but that's 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 no 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 no. That's not how because Howard Roseman could have. No 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 no. That's not his fault. Through weeks four through nine, the one of the top three receivers in the NFL was Travis Fogum by catches, touchdowns, and yards. It was Travis Fogum. There, there are numbers that back this up. Once week 10 or week 11 hit, I'm sorry, we had to buy or whatever. Once that happened and Alshon came back, Travis Fogum was relegated to less than half of his usual snaps. And so what happens is the perception is, oh, man, Travis Fogum fell off a map. He's not good. That's not what happened, though. What happened was Travis Fogel was balling. We brought Alshon Jeffrey back, and Alshon Jeffrey took his snaps, and he should not have taken his snaps. He should not have, and it's Doug's fault for leaving him in there, and that's why we have the problems that we do, and that's why Doug had to go. That's, a, that's, that's just one of the reasons. Let's take a look on the defensive side. Again, we play favorites. Okay, that's why Ken Flajoli was let go, and this is why Jim Schwartz was let go. Their favorite player was Nate Gary. It you mean to tell me 
the leading linebacker from week four through week 17 in tackles, 116 tackles, was Alex Singleton. You mean to tell me that guy's been sitting on your roster for two seasons and you wouldn't start him over Nate fucking Gary? This is what I'm talking about. And so when I say the when, when, when I hear people say that the roster, we don't have talent, I don't want to hear that, man. The Eagles have talent. Then if that was the case, why do players leave the Philadelphia Eagles and go get better? Why do we have a meme? Why, why do we have a meme or a video in 2019 that says, unlike Aguilar, but six months later, he's, he's setting careers highs, career highs. Why is that? Huh? Okay, I know. I'm talking to myself. Why is Razul Douglas, Ronald Darby, and Sidney Jones top 19 corners in the NFL graded this year? Why? We cut all three of them dudes. For Maddox, okay, who's a Jim Schwartz favorite, we cut all three of those guys for Maddox. I'm going to say it again. That was a Jim Schwartz favorite. Maddox finished 131st in cornerback ratings this season. You think, oh, unless there's only, what, 33 teams, 32 teams at 64. That's two corners a pop. Yeah, but corners got injured. So it came out to 132 corners that were eligible to get rated this year. He was 131st. But we cut Sydney, We cut Razul. <laughs> and, we, and we let Darby go. They all three combined finished top 19 at the position for 2021, 2020, I'm sorry. We got a problem. We got a problem when Nate Gary is the starting linebacker, but Alex Smith is the baller. <laughs> we, we got a problem when Travis Fogelman is one of the best receivers in the NFL for five straight weeks. Alshon comes back and you take him out. Why is that young kid not playing? He's producing. So that's what I'm saying. People say it's how it's not how it's not. Yeah, it's all it is. No, it, no, 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 no. It's how we. You can look at the. They asked Jeffrey Lurie, "Why do you have confidence in Howie Roseman?" And that man could not give a straight up answer. I'm sorry. It, 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 that best answer would have been, "Look at the teams he's put together. Look at the look at the look at the look at the players that he's." Look at the draft picks we acquired. Look at the look at the our top pick. Look what he's our top pick from last year has not played significant bat, uh, football for the Eagles. Okay, and then our quarterback that we traded up to get was benched. How could you feel confident about? Yeah, Doug makes the decision to bench him, but ultimately he played bad before that. Yeah, some of it is coaching. I agree, but at the same time. It starts with the players that are picked. They're picked for a, a, a certain scheme of uh, QB, or excuse me, of head coach. You know your head coach and offensive coordinator, same thing with your DC. Your defensive coordinator likes to blitz a lot. You're going to get linebackers that blitz, correct? You're going to find players that fit that mold. Same thing with the offense. If, if Jalen, or excuse me, if um, Lamar Jackson is your QB, you're going to get certain weapons around Lamar Jackson style play, okay? So even if you say, oh, well, we pick good talent, but the, but the guys don't fit what Doug wants, there's still bad communication, and it can't be all on Doug's not communicating. It's also Howie. Maybe Howie's 
saying one thing. But even even if you say that, Alex, okay, okay, let's just, let's just say we go with that theory. Let's just say we go with your theory that the players, the correct players, are not picked for the team. Isn't your job as the head coach to come up with a scheme to fit those players? See, I think people have it misconstrued here. No, but th- he did, though. We, uh, Howie Roseman in 2017 put together a perfectly constructed team. How? Okay. For that, that 2017 team, let me tell you, here's the, here's the truth about that 17 season. That was it. That was it. That was that, that, that team. That team was put together well, but but the team was put together by Joe Douglas. That that team was put together. That's a that's a that's a different animal. That's a whole different animal at that point. Okay, so that that even that even goes to Howie Roseman more. If that, that means again, Howie Roseman can't is a finite role for Howie Roseman. He doesn't need to be a GM then. If his if his role is strictly cap, and he's got to have. This guy, this guy, and this is exactly what Jeffrey Lurie said in his press conference. He said, well, for Howie Roseman, there's a certain amount of guys that he surrounds himself with. But what the hell is he doing? Why is he Why is he the general manager? Give him another role and get, a, like you said, which I agree with, get a football guy in. No, I, I, agree, I agree with that part. Yes, that's from for 2021 and going forward. I agree with that. But I'm talking about the seasons prior to this one. Howie is not, and the people want to give Howie a fair, a, 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 a bad rep for this. It's not all on him. It's more on the coaching staff than it is on Howie. Howie has done, like I've, I've I, you guys know in the chat, I broke down the draft picks that he's made. He's made some very good draft picks. Now, you could say, hey, I want more. Yeah, we all, we all want more. We want every single draft pick to work out. We want that. And yes, I do agree. Going forward, I would like to see John Dorsey, since he's in the building, have more of a say in that going forward. But again, I'm discussing the last three seasons, how he has put talent in place here and Doug has failed to utilize it. And I'm not saying how he is perfect, not by any stretch of the imagination. But what I'm telling you is he ain't as bad as people are saying either. If you take a look at the situation, I got a perfect example that I'm back up that I back up that point to let's look at miles Sanders. Oh my goodness. Miles Sanders. He actually, and this goes to help with those little stats. This helps Howie Roseman actually, because he got named to the pro bowl late. So that's another pro bowler that he drafted. But that, that just, but that makes my point. He got named to the Pro Bowl. Why? Because people recognize how well he played this year. But he played well. But we had he went through games where he got like six carries, ten carries, six. things like that. <laughs> it's like, are you, are you trying to win? Or are you? What are you doing? We, if you look at this game, we were not out of any game that we played this year. We did not get blown out of any game. We were right there until maybe the middle or end of the fourth quarter in every game that we played this season. That means they did not have to abandon the run. But there were weeks that he went by with 10 touches, 15 touches or less, and averaging like 10, 8 yards a pop. But they just wanted, he just wants to drop back and make his quarterbacks do all the work. That's, that is why he got fired. One of the big reasons why he got fired. 42 pass attempts per game for Carson Wentz. 
you have a quarterback that's struggling, but you drop him back 42 times, but yet you have a Pro Bowl running back, and through a stretch of, I think, seven or eight games, I think he averaged 11 carries a game. <laughs> that's a Howie pick, by the way, Alex. Continue. I just I, – I, I hear you, but at the same time, is we can look at all the guys that – that how he passed on in the draft and they talk about who he surrounds himself. Joe, Joe Douglas is now the GM for the jets. Look at the jets. They can't even tank correctly. I don't know what, what Joe Douglas is going to do. He, you know, he got rid of Jamal Adams. He was able to get some picks back for that. And now he's got these picks. He's not getting uh, Trevor Lawrence. So we're going to see how good, I mean, Jeffrey Lurie is sitting there saying, well, well, Howie Roseman puts himself around good guys that end up being, that go to be GMs in other careers. Okay, so now we're a GM (laughs) factory. Now we just pump out GMs, too. Okay, on top of QBs, you pump. Either way you cut it and slice it, he he drafted Jalen Rosen. And honestly, I have a feeling Carson Wentz isn't going anywhere, and Jalen Hurts is not going to be here next year. So then it's going to make that pick look the pick look good for the last four games of the year, you know. But then, as we talked about, Jalen Hurts came back down to earth. We know he's still a rookie. He's still got things he needs to improve on. Okay, again, that pick shouldn't have been made. There's guys that are on the, my 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 whole thing is this. Okay, we talked about this with Howie Roseman, and it has not changed with Howie Roseman. He always thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. He thinks that he can take four steps ahead of your one step and come out on top every time. He's that guy that's like, oh, I, I know quick, a get-rich-quick scheme. I know something that don't nobody else know. I, I'm hit to some stuff that ain't nobody on yet, you know? And then he tries to, uh, you know, put out his plan, and sometimes he looks stupid, you know? And my biggest thing about Howard Roseman and why I personally think it's his fault and why if I would have saw that he approved on this, I'd be like, yeah, Howie, you could stay a couple more years. I think you're getting it. He still does that shit where he thinks he's he knows everything. And you know, remember last year he did that. Well, I went to Doug and I said to him, "This is what we need: faster. Are they fast? Can they play? Are they healthy, bro? That's what everybody's looking in, in, in players. <laughs> you're not you're not coming up with something that's revolutionary. I mean, it was cool because we were hurt, and, and, and I get it." But at the same time, it's just one of those things where he's not improving on that. He's not, he's not being quiet and sticking to the fundamentals of being a good GM. And like, you know what? This is what we need. We're going to draft what we need. I'm going to stop picking players because I think I know better than everybody. And same thing with, with uh, JJ. He thought he knew right with JJ. Let's be honest. He thought he saw something in JJ or Sega Whiteside that no one else saw. Oh, he's another Alshon. Whatever. I, I remember listening to an interview where he talked about the picks and what he saw in them and what he's thinking. It, I just, I don't like that. I want him to, and if it's another another guy that's in the building telling him that, that's one thing. But it's like he's not making these decisions to me with the team in mind. Like he's making them, oh, it's because I'm Howie Roseman. I know what I'm talking about. Instead of saying, damn, the guy that ran almost the fastest combine. Uh, uh, route for a receiver and is sick. I don't know how big DK Metcalf is, but it's a huge ass human being 
specimen. Let's get him. Let's get him instead of J.J. Arthur, who was nowhere near as fast as him, you know. So it's just one of those things. I'd rather him get guy, And then it would be, okay, he doesn't work in our system. Somebody's picking him up because he's just a freak of nature athlete. His, you know, his stats are – he's just incredible. But it's like no one's going to want J.J. There's no he, – he, J.J. has been a healthy scratch. We're not even playing him. So then you're wasting picks for guys we're not even playing. And you can't say it's the talent. Now, then again, he could go somewhere else and ball out. But let's be honest, man. I just don't but, see that happening. You know, and then he, you know, then he let Malcolm Jenkins go. So there's it's a, th- a bunch of things he did that he hasn't been perfect since. I, I get, I get that. That's man, all but saying. we got what we got to do is, we, we, okay. So with with JJ Arcega Whiteside, that was a fail because. Not even because DK Metcalf was better than them. It's not that wasn't even. It's not even a fail because of that. It's a fail because you picked this dude over DK Metcalf, and he's not even dressing. You're not even dressing the dude. If DK Metcalf, because because listen, you got to understand in that draft, I think DK Metcalf was like the ninth receiver taken. Yeah, a lot of teams passed on him. So like this is this is and and let me say this man to you Eagles fans out here, this is annoying. Stop saying that the Eagles passed over these players like the Eagles are the only team that did it. Knock it off, man. Get that's like saying, oh, the Eagles passed over Tom Brady. Now he's got super six Super Bowls. No, I, I'm saying he passed over a guy that that was a position. But but you gotta but but, but listen, but listen JJ Arcega Whiteside, you, you got what you have to understand is DK, the reason why I brought up DK Metcalf being the ninth receiver taken is because DK Metcalf had other concerns. He had concerns about his route running. He had concerns about his neck injury. So it was a lot of concerns. So what, how we probably tried to do, and again, this is my thinking. I don't know. I'm not in the war room. Probably, he probably said, you know what? I'm not going to take, because remember in 2017, he took a flyer on a cornerback named Sidney Jones, who was a top 10 pick. Everyone knew Sidney Jones would not get past pick 11 in that 2017 draft. He got injured. He slipped to the second round, and Doug was like, I'm going to take a flyer. Doug was like, hey, that hasn't worked out. So now, fast forward to 2019. We got a player who is definitely a first-round pick, but – he has medical concerns, especially involving his neck. I don't want to gamble like I did with Sidney Jones and do the same thing with him. So I'm going to pick a guy who has production on the field. That could have been his thought process. And again, we don't know. We say it's a miss, yes, because DK is a monster. J.J. Arcega Whiteside doesn't even dress. He's like healthy scratches. So, yes, it's, it's that, but it's a lot more that goes into it. We, it's, it's then just saying, hey, this guy, you know, we're just going to pick him because we're going to pick him. He's light-skinned. You know what I'm saying? It's more to it than just that. That's, that's what I'm saying. But, hey, that's, I mean, it is what it is. We can, we can always agree to disagree on that, man. That's why we love this show and stuff like that. So it's no big deal. So let me ask you all this. Doug's gone now. Who do you want to replace him? And Alex, I want you to answer that one. Um, you know, who are some of the candidates that you're looking at? 
Um, I, I y'all sold me a little bit on Eric Bieniemy. I like him. You know, I, I I worry about his fit in in the players that the Eagles currently have, and I also I worry about his desire to actually play here. You know, because he he would stem from yep. Andy Reid just like Doug did. So, you know, I, I wonder if that's going to be something that's going to be ideal for him. Um, they floated around Lincoln. Lincoln, uh, yeah, Lincoln, Lincoln Riley. Riley. Mm-hmm. Lincoln Riley, if I'm not mistaken. Um, th- that's fine and dandy if, if 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 we're sticking with Jalen Hurts, you know. But again, I, I think Carson is the is one of the factors in why that Doug is fired. So, um, so I don't know about that, but you know, I, I, this is one of those things where there's no real clear cut guy, which. Doug kind of came that way. I, I Doug wasn't somebody that was on my radar. Right, yeah. you, you guys remember back when they hired Doug, I was like, Doug Peterson. <laughs> I had to like look him up. Like, you know what I mean? So he was just definitely a guy that wasn't. I think at the time I wanted Ben McAdoo or, or somebody. I think I think it was one of the head coaches that ended up in the NFC East. Um, and we didn't end up with him and we dodged a bullet, but if I had to, if I had to give it one guess, I'm gonna go with my number one. It's gonna to have to be Eric Bieniemy or the, um, Brian the uh, offensive coordinator for the Bills. Yeah. yeah so I, I, I would have to go with one of those two guys, only because they have the most experience in play calling, and I think personally, I think Jeff Lurie is gonna find somebody that can play call. I, I, I personally don't think he wants the offensive coordinator doing it so much, maybe helping with it or coming up with a couple schemes and everything like that. Because Frank Wright called all the plays and Frank Wright was going like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I think they're going to get an offense-minded head coach because they want Carson clicking again. They want a QB-minded head coach. They want to get somebody that's like, I can get – in the meeting, in the interview – Jeff Lurie's going to say, what can you do for Carson Wentz? What can, how can you get Carson Wentz back to 2017? Whoever sells Jeff Lurie on that the best is going to get the job. Right. SB, yep. jump in there. Tell me your thoughts. Okay, well, right now it's just we're not even in day one of the coaching search. We're still in the firing stage. So there are a lot of names floating around. Um, I and I put a um, screenshot from NBC Sports Philadelphia in the group chat that had a list of about like 10 names or so. And it's even more than that when you really think about it. But right now, my top candidates would be Airbnb, of course, because of the pedigree from Kansas City and everything that they're doing there. He actually does have some say. It's not just Andy Reid and his puppets down there. He actually is doing some real coaching with that offense. So I think he, I think he would do a good a great job here if he wants to come here. Brian Dabo as well, just like you said, Alex. Um, I'm looking at where he, how he has developed. Um, dang, his name is escaping me right now. Um, Josh, Josh Allen. Josh, Josh Allen. Allen, yeah. Josh Allen. Josh Allen. He's and I, I, I look at Josh Allen and Carson Wentz being very similar quarterbacks, and the way he has developed him and got his mechanics so much better from when he first came in the league. I think that would, that could be a really good fit for Carson Wentz as well. Then you, um, the other name I'm looking at is um, Jim Caldwell. 
Jim Caldwell could be um, – whether he comes to be the OC or the head coach, I think he would be a good fit in either one of those roles. We know what he did um, with Detroit. Detroit is always a dumpster fire, and he got them to the playoffs a couple of times with better coaching and a better front office and ownership environment here. And I think he could really be on to big things here. Then you look at um, Deuce Staley. The fans want the fans seem to want Deuce Staley. The locker room seems to be behind Deuce Staley. But is Deuce Staley ready for that? We don't know. But um, it's, yeah. we, it seems that um, Jeffrey Lurie is going to give him a chance. Probably, he, I'm sure he's going to interview him. He's going to consider him and give him a shot. And one thing that he said that Deuce Staley said, I don't have – I know I'm not that experienced. So I don't have to do everything. I can have a, a strong OC in DC calling the plays. That would be. I think that could. I could see a scenario where that could work out. With Deuce Staley being the head coach, and this is a dream scenario. But say you have Jim Caldwell as his OC and Lovey Smith as his DC. Oh, oh my God! He could. He could get on the job training, learn from those two veteran coaches, and that could, that could be a very good situation. Then another thing um, that I'm thinking about is not really too much on my radar because I'm re- I really prefer an offensive coach, but you, the defensive coordinator Robert Sella in San Francisco, he could come in and have us with a very aggressive attacking defensive style. Man, old days, that, the old days. And that would fit Philadelphia culture so well. So there are a lot of names floating around. Those are only a few I gave you. There's a lot, a lot of other names on this list. So I don't really see why they would be there. Um, Lincoln Riley, I do understand that one, but um, I'm kind of off on college coaches right now. And even when they kind of sort of work like you see um, in Arizona with um, Pretty Boy, <laughs> with Pretty Boy down in Arizona, <laughs> he's, uh-huh, done, he's done uh-huh. a good job, but you saw at the end of the season how things started to falter and he couldn't get it turned around and they ended up missing the postseason. Now next year is going to be a very important year. For, for for them down there. And if he can't get it done, they might be looking for another coach again. So I'm kind of leery of college coaches. And plus I got PTSD from Chip Kelly. So I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm with you, man. I, I look, man. Um, I don't know, man. I, I It's just a tough situation, man. I like Robert Salah, um, the defensive coordinator out in San Francisco. I like him. I like the energy that he brings. And um, I think for Philadelphia, man, what we're all used to is that defense has to get better, man. It has to get better. Um, and I think that he would focus a little bit more on that side of the ball. And with that, he would probably – hire an offensive coordinator that could come in and lead the offense. So it's like, it's that's what I want. I want to get the defense right, and I want an offensive coordinator to come in and bring fresh new ideas um, for the offense. Um, I think with Eric Bieniemy, I, I like him, um, but we know with him, Mike Kafka will be coming with him as his OC. So that's what the word is, is that if Eric Bieniemy comes, Kafka will come with him as if as his offensive coordinator. Um, and they say with Mike Kafka, he's the one who designs the pass concepts for the Kansas City Chiefs. So he knows how to scheme some players wide open. Um, I think he would benefit. I think Jalen Rager would benefit from him. Um, 
coming over. So I'm definitely intrigued by that. Um, Joe Brady, I'm intrigued by that because of what he did for Joe Burrow. Um, it's a lot, man. I, 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 I don't know where to go right now. Deuce, again, situation with Deuce is he would have the whole locker room. Everyone would be in that locker room, would be fighting their tails off of him. And that can't be underestimated because in 2017, that's what we had with Doug Peterson. Everybody fought for him. Everyone bought in. Everyone respected him. And everyone fought, uh, played hard for him. And we got a Super Bowl out of that. So, oh, man, just, hey, look, I'm just glad I'm not the one who's in charge of this search. Mr. Lurie, you got your work cut out for you, boss. Yeah, that's all I say about that, man. But until then, everyone, we're going to take a break and pay some bills really quickly. Everyone take a stretch, grab up, grab something to drink and come right on back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Welcome back, Burger Gang Podcast and NC. Glad you guys are back. And for the new listeners, welcome. Uh, we appreciate you stopping by and hanging out with us as we discuss Philadelphia Eagles football. Um, and again, this is the all season for us, even though it's the divisional round of the NFL 2021 playoffs. And as you all know, unless you've been hiding under two rocks, Doug Peterson was fired today. So we're here discussing basically that whole situation and what could come from it. And that's where we're going to jump right back into, man. And, and, and the biggest question that we all have is, what does this mean for Carson Wentz, man? Because it, it was presented that the organization was going to keep either Doug Peterson or Carson Wentz. Well, it looks like they chose, you know what I mean? So we got to go ahead and talk about that, man, and see what's going on. SB, go ahead and lead off on this and tell me what you think it means for Carson, man. And ultimately, because it's going to, whatever you think it means for Carson, it may mean the opposite for Jalen. So talk about it. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's definitely a second chance for Carson Wentz, whether you believe he had something to do with this decision today, or if Doug Peterson really wanted out and kind of mutually agreed to it. Cause I've seen so much, I've seen so many different things floating around today. Who knows what to really believe? Only Jeffrey Lurie and Doug Peterson really know what happened, but it's a second chance for him. He gets another shot. And if you look at any coaches that's uh, going to come in, Unless it's the Lincoln Riley situation, every single one, everybody else, you would seem to think that they would choose Carson Wentz to be the starting quarterback. So he would at least get another shot to get his to get his starting job back. And mm -hmm. it's really all he could ask for. Um, there are other things that have to go along with it, it too, to to I guess fix his confidence and his mental state. But being with Doug Peterson out of there, I don't know when or where. I, well, I know where, but I don't. I don't know when their relationship ultimately saw it to where it was unfixable. But it looks like it got there, and he gets a, a fresh start in the same city, so he doesn't have to uproot his family and start all over again in a new place. Nothing like that. He gets to keep the familiar familiarity of it, of Philadelphia, but still get his second start because it's going to be a new coaching staff. And it looks like Jeffrey Lurie, he still has the support of Jeffrey Lurie and maybe even um, Harvey Roseman. So he's, this is a good day for him. And for his sake, let's hope that he can take the bull by the horns and, and regain his confidence and 
become that Pro Bowl quarterback that we come to know. Man, <laughs> SB dropping gems. Alex, talk, man. Uh, yeah, Carson, Carson, Carson comes out on top, man. You know, Carson, Carson got the last laugh. So, um, you know, kudos to him for sticking to his guns. And maybe the rumors about him wanting to leave aren't true. So maybe it just, he sat down and came to Jeffrey, uh, Jeffrey Lurie or, or, you know, Jeffrey Lurie came to him and said, what do you think is the reason why you're not, you're having a down year, you're not succeeding. Maybe he just, maybe he aired the dirt on Doug, who, you know, who knows? So, um, it's it's uh it's it's tough man it's tough to see you know so um it's 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 tough to see him go through this but i think as les said they made their decision on who they want they made the decision for uh uh carson which do you blame them in a sense i mean they paid a lot of money to the to the young man so you know you're gonna have to go with Mm -hmm. you're gonna have to go with where the money goes as they say. So, you know, I'm excited to see the future because I think we'll get a lot of, we'll get a lot of things answered, even though we're going to have a new head coach and new coordinator and everything. Mm -hmm. Carson should still be playing better than he did this year. You know, that, that, that's like the, the bare minimum. He should be playing better. So Carson gets the W today. He gets the win. And I think what this means for Carson is, there's a future for him in Philadelphia still. And I think Eagles fans, you have to think about that. And, you know, if you're an Eagles fan and if you are you saw what Carson did in 2017, you should be happy for him because uh, quarterbacks don't just forget how to do that. They don't just all of a sudden, like uh, Space Jam, lose all their powers and, 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 and can't can't play at all. They You know, it doesn't happen. They might get a little inaccurate. They might – Look at um, Big Ben in this uh, playoff game. He was pretty inaccurate. He threw a lot of picks. But it's like you don't forget how to play high-level football. So I hope for Carson this means we get the right yeah. guy in there. And you yeah, start both of you guys make game. great points, man. Um, I, for me, like Alex said, yeah, he, it, it appears that Wentz got to win today. If that in, is indeed what the situation was, um, but for me, man, it really just comes down to Wentz and what he wants to do. Um, like I said, and Alex talked about it. There are reports that he wants out of Philadelphia. We don't know if that's still the case or not. But if he wants out, then you got to trade him, man. At this point, this this offseason is so critical for the Philadelphia Eagles, man. It's so critical. Um because of how we ended the, what went on during the season and how the season ended with the the tanking and the the Doug Peterson firing like it's so much stuff that this off season is so important going forward for us that we got to have everybody on board point blank period we got to have everybody on board and if Carson isn't 100% on board with moving forward with us then we got to look to move him man um and yes, I think Carson Wentz is the better quarterback. Okay, so let's go ahead and get that out of the way. Um, it's just that, you know, I'm an Eagles fan first. 
and we got to make what's the best decision for us. So that's how I feel about it, man. Um, which leads me into the last topic, fellas. Um, let's give our overall thoughts on the season. Um, and if you want to talk talk a little bit of sports, you can. Uh, I know we touched on it a little bit earlier. Um, yeah, but let, let's give our overall thoughts on the 2020 season. Uh, Alex, go ahead and lead off. Yeah, let's see. Um, overall, if I can sum up this season, it, it is that being an Eagles fan is never going to be easy, I guess. You know, but it's never going to be – we're never going to have – and this is a word that every Eagles fan should repeat in their head over and over and over again until one day it happens. I don't know. We might just we might find a couple head coach staff. We might find our Bill Belichick. We might find our uh, Pete Carroll. We might find a uh, uh, t- uh, what's the Patriot uh, Steelers head coach Tom uh, Tom Mike Tomlin. It's the uh, not Patriot mm-hmm. Steelers head coach <laughs> Mike. Tomlin. I was thinking of Tom Coughlin, but that's the uh, Giants. Yeah, I was getting the name mixed up. Yeah, so uh, Mike Tomlin. We might find our Mike Tomlin, you know. We might find our our, our guy that's going to carry us on for a decade. So the word that every Eagles fan needs to know and, and be repeating is sustained success, okay? All I want for the Eagles is to have continued and success that repeats over and over every year. Now, it doesn't mean we win the Super Bowl every year. It just means we're a competitive, successful, winning record football team that is guaranteed to at least be in playoff conversation for playoff contention. Maybe one year you move a couple pieces around, oh, you're the Super Bowl favorite one year. Maybe next year we're a wild card. Maybe the year after that we're division champs and fourth seed, third seed. There's nothing wrong with that. If you guys remember back when we had Andy Reid and we had the best defense in the league with uh, those years back-to-back, we were at least in the NFC Championship talk. Okay. So what this year showed me is that how quickly we go from 2017 winning the Super Bowl to the defiring not only Doug, but I'm going to say we fired uh, Jim Schwartz too. So it's just – the decline was so quick. It's so fa- – it uh, I remember 2017, like, I don't know about y'all, but I remember like it was yesterday. You know what I'm saying? I remember the emotion I felt from winning the Super Bowl. You know? I remember that Vikings game because, remember, I remember we watched it together and we, I looked at uh, Leslie like, yo, they yo, they for real because we <laughs> thought it was over. We thought, we, you know, season's over. Nick Foles can't get it done, but we beat the brakes off of the uh, – Vikings. And then I was like, yo, we might actually win the Super Bowl. So that that feeling, it's gone. All that is completely gone in like three years. So the biggest takeaway is that how quick it can fall apart. How fast it can fall apart. And maybe that's just the curse of Philadelphia. I don't know. But I just want a head coach that can be here for 10 to 12 years, maybe more. And at least keep mm-hmm. us a competitive, 
competent team. And we know that, okay, this year, what the boys, what, what's, what's, the, what's the birds looking like this year? All right, we're, we're, we're still a playoff team. This year, uh, Carson, Carson t- stats dipped a little bit, you know. Now we're looking like he's supposed to be the franchise quarterback, you know, and we already benched him. So it's just like I want the drama to be over with. I want us to be a legit football team. And as Les said, and he might say this in his segment, I want us to just have a good defense again. I want to draft defensive players, okay? Draft the LB in the second round, you know? Draft the LB in the first. Get Micah. Shock us and get Micah. I, I, I don't know. Do something to make me feel like the defense is still valued in Philadelphia. So, overall, we need to read this. This overhaul was well due, and Lurie needs to get it right because I can't keep, I can't keep feeling for new guys. Okay, I can't keep getting my feelings all messed up for new guys that come in. And, oh, Doug, he won me over, and you know now I hate him. Now I don't know what I want. You know, and same thing with Wentz. Wentz can't be gone already. I, I remember the yeah. game where he tore his ACL. I remember how hurt I was feeling. And now he's benched. It's just like, I can't keep doing this. Can we get some sustained success? And as far as Jim Schwartz, I think me, Les, and SV can all say <laughs> we're happy that man is gone. He should have been gone, first of all. He should have been gone a couple no. seasons ago. Okay, He should have been gone after that Miami game. You know what I'm saying, Les? He should have been gone. So that Schwartz gone is almost like a a fraction of what's really going on. You know, it's almost like a little salt thrown on there, a little cherry on top. But, yeah, we got to get – we got to find somebody. They got to do it right. And maybe that might not be until Howard Roseman's gone. I don't know. But we got to get somebody that can give us sustained success. I agree, man. I agree big time. SB, I know you ready. Go ahead. Angel to jump in there. Go ahead, boss. Yeah, there was a time we had sustained success, and that was under somebody named Andy Reid. But remember the city, the city devoured him up to when you look at around the league. I mean, there's there's only a handful of teams who had that consistent coach that you talk about. You talked about Tomlin, you got Belichick, you got Pete Carroll. Yeah, and that's pretty much just about it. Everybody else is uh, you get him every other team, you get a coach for a few years, then you try again. You get a few few years. Again. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely possible. Yeah, we, but, we had a big red. It's possible. I mean, they got to find the right guy. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and he's a good coach again. So it's not like mm-hmm. he really lost it. It was that the city didn't adapt to the way football was changing and didn't give time for Andy yeah. Reid to adapt. I'm, I'm thinking this a, season. A new style. It was very frustrating. Very. It was torture. It was very frustrating. It was very disappointing. But it was necessary. Because think about this. Think about this. Say um, we, things would have went a little better. We probably won about four more games, even five more games. Say we would have had about a nine and seven, ten and six year, just like we had been the last few years. We win the division with ease. We go to the playoff game. Maybe we win. Maybe we lose. We go into the next year thinking, okay, yeah, we're on the right track. Let's just keep it rolling. Keep it rolling. Eventually, it was eventually that train was gonna crash sometime or another. Mm-hmm. It is mm-hmm. better for it to crash right now. Look at look at the state of our division. That's that's what you have to look at. When you 
because that's the teams you play twice and you're really in, in competition with. Everybody else in the division is really in not in good shape either. People think Washington is in good shape, but no, Washington has to get a quarterback, and they'll be playing a first place schedule next year. So they're not they're not in too great of a shape right now. Yeah, yeah. Our yeah. division. So for this to happen this year was probably could be probably for the best best because we can if we get this coaching hire right, get the roster right, we could turn it right back around, playing a fourth place schedule, and we could. Have a pretty good season next year if things go right, and be be right back on the track. Whereas, say if some a couple of things would have went differently, say Dak didn't get hurt and Dallas goes eleven and five this year, and they really get the ball rolling, we'd have to compete against against that. So, all in all, it was frustrating. It was it was tough tough breaks, but I think that this is a if it had to happen. It was this was the right time for it to happen, so we can go ahead and reset mm-hmm. reset our our roster, get our coaching situation right, get our front office situation right because I I truly believe Howie is not going to get away scot free. Something is going to happen, whether even if it's just a matter of him getting getting really a stern lecture and told this is it, this is your last chance. You better get it together right now, or you out of here. And that makes him shape up, whatever it is. Something Jeffrey Larry is not going to just let him just continue to go go by without any consequences or repercussions. So I think better days are ahead for us. And like sometimes you got to go through the storm before you get to the sunshine. This year was the storm. Hopefully, hopefully we got some sunshine coming coming out. Yep, absolutely, man. Great points, both of you guys, as always. Thoughts on the season, man, is just, I mean, it's basically summed up um, just with Doug being gone. I just think it needed to happen. Um, And let this be a lesson, guys. You know, you can't tell your employer when he asks you what can you do to change the previous outcome. You can't basically tell him you're going to run it back. You can't do that. You can't say I'm going to bring Press Taylor. Um, our, our quarterback had his worst statistical year of his career. The guy who was in charge of that, Press Taylor. You can't tell the owner I'm going to promote Press Taylor. <laughs> so let me get this. So let me get this straight, Doug. Dougie P. You, you wrote a book. The guy who he, who is responsible for our quarterback having the worst season of his career, you're going to promote him. <laughs> hey, that goes to my theory that he was trying to get fired. Yeah, it, it's possible, man. But I don't even think Doug's that smart. I really don't. You know what I mean? I just don't. I listen to his conversations, um, press conferences. I just. I I just I don't give him that much kudos, man. So that's that. Jim Swartz, man. Hey, look, I'm on record. Everyone knows how I feel about Jim Swartz, man. It was time to go. And it was time to go where he set a record in two games um, against the Arizona Cardinals and the Dallas Cowboys. He gave up 1,039 yards in two games. That's the, that is 519 
1.5 yards per game. 519 yards per game. And in those two games, both losses and the defense that the, the average that the defense gave up 37 and a half. <laughs> and, and, and and in both games you left Michael Jaquette one on one with DeAndre Hopkins and we gave him a pass for that because he fought but then you saw him in a Dallas game getting his ass handed to him by Michael Gallup and you left him one on one what a dummy but you got what you deserve. I just think that Jeffrey Lurie, I think Jeffrey Lurie actually lost a little bit of face there because he should have told everybody he fired you. But he didn't. He respected you enough to say, you know, hey, you know, I'm going to retire, take some time off. No, 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 no. We've been around the block before. You got fired. And instead of getting that reputation of someone who's now been fired three straight times, Jeffrey Lurie told you to sit back, take a year off. He'll still pay you and then come back. That's why he said you're going to take a year off and reevaluate. You'll be back in two years. You'll be with another team, of course. But you're not fooling us over here, man. So that's that, man. Bird gang, how let us let us know how you feel. Man, man, man. Alex, go ahead and tell them where they can find us on social media platforms. Absolutely, big homie. You can find us on Spotify Podcast. Google Podcasts and also Apple Podcasts. Type in in the search bar, type in Bird Gang Podcast. Find us, subscribe, like, leave a comment. Let your homies know, let your boys on the show know how we're doing. Let us know if you got any questions or comments. Give us a review. Five star would be great. But overall, just let us know what you think. Thank about you. The thank show. you we'll much for that. Good. SB, any comments? Do you think you want to say to Eagles fans? And thank you, Eagles fans, for rocking with us during the season. But don't leave us because we got plenty more for you. Coming through, coming in this offseason, we're going to be hitting the um, draft pretty hard. We didn't expect to be hitting the draft. We're not, we didn't expect to be hitting the draft as hard as we are because of our position. Oh, yeah. But oh, yeah. we have renewed interest in the draft now. So we're going to be hitting this draft pretty hard. We're going to be talking oh, yeah. about we, we, yeah, we gotta. That's right. We gotta. When, whenever we get news we about this coaching staff rounding up, we're gonna be here for y'all. Yeah. Off season moves, free agency, trades, any of that. League news, we're gonna be right here. And we still got our own. Alex still got plenty of takes for you. And plenty of those Turner's top takes for you. I got my. <laughs> I got my baller breakdown. Oh, I didn't forget about y'all. We're gonna. Um, one day we're gonna right. recap that through the whole year. I'm gonna break it down for y'all every single week. Who I picked as my own. Player of the week for the ball, boys ball to break down. And we're going to continue that throughout the draft process. Who knows? I don't know what we don't know yet what form is going to be, but we might just break down a draft prospect or something like that. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows what we're going to do? Yeah, he got about what? Eight touchdowns tonight? Man, 12 for 215 and three TDs. Yo. I'm gonna tell you what though. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you what though, man. Remember, I said Devontae Smith is who I like, right? Yeah, I can but definitely see Miami because of this game. I think he's gonna get picked ahead of Jamar Chase. Yeah, I can see that now. I can see Miami or Atlanta getting him, and then we ultimately end up with Jamar Chase, which I would be okay with. But I'm just saying, 
he put himself on full display tonight between the Heisman and now he's balling out on in the championship. See, that's just a little taste he's of the draft go. stuff we got go. for y'all. We can break it down from all angles. You don't have to, don't have to necessarily go to Mel Kuyper and Tom McShay. We got you. <laughs> Talk to him. Let, and, 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 and I want to say Hey, I'm just going to have a stress-free offseason now. That's all. It's, bro, I'm thinking about it. I know. I was going to say, you just have a party. That's why I, this is this this off season is why I respect Lori, and what what SB was saying is I'm in total agreement. I don't think Howie gets away scot free, because if you look at everything that led up to all of this, they let Scangarello go first. Marty was after him. Flajoli was after him. Swartz was after him. Doug was after him. Like Lori is, I don't think he's. Like, all right, boom, boom, boom. I think John Dorsey is going to be the final say on this draft right here. I really do. I really, there's no way we can sit back. And how he took a lot of bullets this summer, this season. He took a lot, and including the Monday night game, or was it the Sunday night game against Dallas? And Lewis Riddick killed him. That was Monday night. That was Monday night. Monday. Seattle. Seattle. Oh. Seattle game. I mean, he killed him on that national was, that was, TV, yeah, man. Seattle so I don't think I, I think this is going to be a great off season for us, man. I'm excited to see who the new coach will be and what direction we're going to be going. I'm excited to see who we move forward with with the quarterback position, man. So I'm just as anxious as everyone else is. But again, we're going to save those topics, man. Bird King Podcast. We back full effect. Y'all know what it is, man. And until then, baby, Bird Gang, we out. Go Birds. Peace. You never know about a player, really, truly, until you get him in your building. And you can work with guys. This kid's unbelievable. The way he prepares, the way he practices, and for this city, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's been, it's been fun. As long as we don't screw them up, right? <laughs>